National Academy of Sciences here in this country and in the uh, 16 largest or most developed uh, countries in the world agrees with the consensus. Hello and good evening. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We're the folks who are going to be found the madness. Reason and the unreasonable makes sense that announcements because this is okay. Hear me out. Aaron and Bob, how y'all doing this evening? Wanting to kill myself after watching this movie. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was somehow worse <laughs> than the original. Like, it was it was really bad. Oh, like, a lot worse, comparatively. Also, I thought that, like, uh, 12 extra years would help him get over the lost election. Not the case, apparently. He <laughs> might have referenced it more in this one. Oh, he starts off, the first 20 minutes is, like, nothing. Absolutely, there's nothing to talk about, nothing to clip. Uh, and then, but he immediately goes into politics, like right after all that nothingness. And so this is okay. He mentions Bush Cheney immediately, but I, I love this clip about politics that he brings up here. In order to address the environmental crisis, we are going to have to spend some time fixing the democracy crisis <laughs> because big money has so much influence now. Our democracy has been hacked. Wait, uh, yeah. If we were gonna fix democracy, what number would we probably call? What kind of hotline would we call to fix that? Thanks, Aaron. I was, I was trying to think oh, of a segue, but could, thanks, Aaron. We usually do this at the the end of the podcast, but sure. I mean, we can. Yeah, we, we usually we, do this in minute three we, after yeah, we start. We can the drop episode. the hotline. We can drop the hotline <laughs> for sure. It is one eight three three six 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 nine eleven. Again, that is one eight three three six 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 zero nine one one. Ah, uh, a random spot in the I'm middle, like we always it. do. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for the democracy-saving tips. I, I know, Bob, you're just using that clip to set up the voicemail, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a we, consummate we, professional. <laughs> I was trying to sneak by it, but you guys are too quick, too <laughs> yeah. on, on the nose to, You were tonight. testing us. Are you, Got it. Are you, yeah. are you ashamed of the voicemail, Bob? <laughs> No, what do you mean? Not. Bob, we <laughs> have multiple, show has multiple a voice... good voicemails this week. Every show, though, that has a voicemail, Josh, and when you call it, it just says, Hi, this is Aaron. And then, <laughs> then you leave your message with zero indication that it's actually the OK Hear Me Out podcast uh, line. Yeah, the, the, first, the first time I'd actually called it was like a couple of months ago, and I didn't realize that that's what people were hearing. It's great. Yeah, I always forget, except. Yeah, I just, I always forget. And I was going to change it like a hundred episodes ago, but now what's the point? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, what if, what if people are confused uh, and they think that Aaron's a bad driver when they call to uh, ask me, tell me about my driving? Don't worry. Aaron's going to get a bumper sticker as well. We're all going to get oh, bumper God, stickers. Okay. <laughs> I she says Aaron, Bob or Josh. I was going to change it, but after learning about uh, the energy consumption that I'd be using in order to change that voicemail, I decided not to make Al Gore proud. So as we watch his sequel, an inconvenient sequel, Truth to Power, because Al Gore does not represent power, apparently. (laughs) Which is funny, too, because he's all he's doing is like negotiating with like world leaders like this entire this entire film. No, wait, 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 Bob, you, you call those negotiations? Well, He's sitting well, down with and having a fake conversation with world leaders. True. He's, uh, 
I, yeah, Mr. Okay. Trudeau, yeah, great work you've been doing there. I was, I was, the, the Canada's doing so great right now. I have, and then the like, Canada brushes him doing off. Great. The Canadian people are doing great. Like he, and then Al Gore literally laughs in his face when he says that because he knows how fucking stupid it was. <laughs> That's how hokey it is. He's like, he laughed like, ah, save that for the cameras, not for me. I'm in on it, you dipshit. So I guess a quick question going into the sequel as well. Um, the, the first one, An Inconvenient Truth, was uh, pretty darn successful from my understanding. It, it won some awards. It probably oh, yeah. made a bunch of money. Uh, and it also, he probably got him more PowerPoint speaking engagement gigs. Um, a Truth to Power. Do either of you know anyone else outside of the three of us, uh, you know, and the Duke <laughs> and Cabbage, who have seen... An inconvenient, tr- an inconvenient sequel, Truth to Power. No, I didn't even know it existed until yeah, yeah, you guys you know, told yeah, me exact, okay. 40 okay. minutes before I watched it. I think you told me it existed, <laughs> but then I forgot that it existed that we, quickly. I mean, we talked about it on the last recording. We, we talked about watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's how You're on record for- as having acknowledged its existence. <laughs> That's how forgettable that movie is. It's No one remembers that it even existed. Because it's really... I mean, we're going to play some clips from it. But if I had to really o- describe this movie to somebody, it would be... Uh, he takes clips from his original PowerPoint that he's been giving for the last 20 fucking years. And then shows you clips of him playing those clips in his original movie while still being salty about the the election. That is literally all he does. No, that's that's a very good description of what happens in the movie, but I, I want a bit of, like, you know, a bit, bit higher level of view. Who is this movie for? Who is the target demographic for this particular documentary? I don't even know. It's him bragging about how he is a bunch of, like, how he started a, a volunteer, instead of, like, a volunteer fire department, he started, like, a volunteer propaganda pyramid scheme. With, a, you know, he had the weird yeah, people he started, come to his house. He started, like, an ITT tech for, like, climate change influencers, basically. <laughs> but yeah. He's organizing in his community. I think I know the demographic to this. Very I, grassroots. I think he made this kind of compilation video for him and all of his friends that he made at the fucking Paris Climate Accord. Like, that's what it's for. It's just like a montage of like him and all of his friends being like, oh, my God, I'm going to document how good of people we are. So everyone can like go back and look at it and it like in the history books. If you watch that, if, if you ha- if you have. Al-, Al Gore just goes up to all these people, the Paris Climate Court, climate Conference, and he's like, if you have this five-minute conversation with me, I'll put you in this movie, and it'll be great for your publicity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I don't even know if it's that that much. It's just they have to say hi to him because he used to be vice president. And he just has even a guy have filming an India them. redemption arc. <laughs> but his, his weird thing where he is training all those people, you know what that reminded me of? It reminded me of, like... Uh, have you have either of you ever been tricked into a job interview that ended up being like a pyramid scheme and you just had to like leave? Uh, no. Uh, fortunately, no. not. Oh, no, not personally. <laughs> I did. I did with the knife. The knife people. The knives that can oh, cut yeah, through cut, a cut shoe. Code, probably. Yeah. Yes, and I I was like sales position, you know. And I'm like 19. I just need any job, and uh, I walk in there, and it's like this weird little conference room where they're uh, it's just that's what it felt like for that except he's not even paying those people they're just well, doing it rented for free. space too no it was his house 
Remember, is it Gore oh, okay. Farms? No, no, no. That's what I went for the Cutco Knives interview. Oh, that yeah. That's probably rented office space. Like, for, like for the day. Guaranteed. <laughs> like in an American Legion. Yeah. You know, I love how. Yeah, you, you walk in and, and it's either for a porno or a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I, I love how, like, the Cutco one, the only salespeople I've ever met for Cutco are, like, teenage girls. Because, like, they're the only ones dumb enough to get into the. No, to the that's scheme. Really, yeah. The, the, the only person I've noticed on that was a teenage chick. Yeah. Yeah, they're the only ones that would actually stay and try to do the job. But the guys that are hiring the girls are, like, big fat guys. Well, yeah, obviously. Like, used guys are, like, even shadier than used car salesmen. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Well, now, we're, we're doing, we're doing a, not, a lot of not talking about the documentary right now, but there's a lot to talk about. Is, well, is there... I, I think his ITT tech uh, that, of influencers joke. is actually like a good starting point because his first movie didn't do what it needed to do, apparently. And that's why he started training all these people to be activists in like the public square. And like he has like this weird distortion of reality. Like if you guys looked back over like between 2006 and now, what do you think? What was your impression of, like, the propaganda regarding climate change? Because, Aaron and Josh, like, what was your perception of that? In 2006? Well, but like, between 2006 and 2017, like, yeah. how, how did it change over that period? Right. No, oh. no, like, was it intense propaganda? Like, do you not remember any global warming propaganda at all? Was it everywhere? What's your interpretation no, it was of that? Everywhere. It was everywhere until probably 2016. Then they stopped it in America to hate on Trump. Right. Yeah. Everything kind of stalled no, in, then. In, in the mid 2000s, I don't remember much of it. Like, say, when you know Al Gore talked a bunch about Hurricane Katrina, I don't remember anyone anyone attributing that to climate change. Whereas now, every single hurricane is attributed to climate change. Yeah, I would uh, say and everything like, the, the was, only th- was climate change. You're right. It was like he almost started the trend of doing that. Yeah, no, that's that's the the only thing from the mid two thousands I remember that was like it, that level of extremity was Al Gore himself, and like I think on SNL they did a bit where they like making fun of him and his drawl, where it's, they they just kind of very did a very dramatic or very exaggerated and inconvenient truth. Just <laughs> that like I, I, it was a, a dumb bit, but that's that that was that was the whole SNL sketch. In case you thought there was a joke to it. Well, this clip here is his interpretation of the media on global warming in between. That, that time frame in between both of his movies here. Sometimes it seems to me that the climate crisis is simply not getting the kind of coverage in the media that it should. Uh, you have a Republican Party right now, it, it, historically large field, right? There's no one on climate there, yeah, in, odd, in the entire it? lineup. Yeah. That's his interpretation of 2006 to 2015. Was there was hardly any as he's sitting in a dressing room getting prepped to be interviewed to talk literally just about global warming to talk about global warming on the Chris Hayes show and because they had a clip from that too where Chris Hayes he was like yeah we you know we're gonna talk about it don't worry (sighs) so that that is why he started this program he didn't think his propaganda worked enough of course you know. To the people that he's talking to, I think they would agree. Like these fucking retarded liberal elites, basically, that have been pushing this message the entire time. Because they go on to this huge rant being like, oh my god, the Republicans, no one believes in global warming. No one believes that we're going to be accurate in the prediction of the end of the world. 
This is silly of them. Why, why is why is it not the single most important platform for candidates in a presidential election? That that's what he's asking right here. Yeah. So really, really, the big thing in this movie is he's he the the whole climax of it is getting to the Paris Climate Accord meeting. And, like, he kind of is, like, trying to imply that, like, he's the reason everyone's getting together. You know what I mean? He's, like, he's just speaking there, but, like, he's trying to act like it's his thing. And try to make it seem like it's his thing. Kind of like the host of it all. Kind of like yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's that guest of honor to really bring yeah. all the... He's the glue that binds all the world leaders. Well, because they do spend a lot of time... Apparently, I don't remember this for some like at all. I do not remember any of these terrorist attacks that took place in Paris during the Paris Climate Accord. Well, because even before sp- you get that, you play. I mean, you have to play the clip just to give some kind of frame of reference because that part, that part, I don't, man, I don't even know if we want to get into that one so early because it's literally right. the best part of the whole movie. Ignore that. Okay, for let's right tease now. it. Let's go to something else first. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore. Well, just let this well, no, one good because part of the movie. There will be no clips on that section. It's not clippable. So, but I mean, like oh, it. My that, bad. Yeah, that did happen. But it's it. I I was kind of trying to figure out why they were putting that in place so much. Because it's like this was his big party. This is his big finale, basically this like Paris climate accord and then you know it gets disrupted by you know like a terrorist attack basically in like in Paris it was like okay very strange because like he's just sitting there talking to like security staff the whole time being like we need to get you out of here and like that that's basically it um but to go well, it's, the, it's the whole build-up too where it's the uh do, do you think this was uh, uh you know an act of terror that do you think it has anything to do with the 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 conference the the um no yeah, one even the, asked the him that climate conference he just literally comes no, yeah, out you know, and goes he, he just asks he just brings it up and the the police officers are like uh we don't know yet <laughs> I, I it could possibly be I'll entertain you for now he, he did a, he pulled an AOC on uh the at the fucking January sixth he just like pretended he was in danger and then he's like I yeah, I have yeah, to exactly. believe that this is because of this important message I'm bringing and the elites are trying to stop me. And and like what happened was like 10 people got shot outside of the like you know somewhere near that the building there. But like all right. the world leaders were there so they of course overreacted to protect them. Okay, so back to the to the media narrative that he he was claiming that is not big enough for like this huge huge topic. So this pushes him to start this climate leadership training in his in his farm in Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so here's this clip. Ten years ago, I made the decision to launch a training program so that anyone who wanted to learn the skills to communicate to thousands of others could come and get trained because really all we're trying to do is get the first stage going which is just waking people up there were only 50 of them in the beginning but i look back on that first training and uh, it makes me smile because they were real pioneers in my way of thinking about it uh this is the first picture that any of us ever saw of the earth from space it was taken 
Okay, so that's going to overlap a wait, little wait, bit. Wait, 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 wait. That that's that's just the the beginning of his PowerPoint presentation <laughs> from the previous one. How how is this a unique and new wait. training program that he put together specifically in the last uh, ten years to help educate people how to communicate about climate issues? Josh, to be fair, the first PowerPoint presentation was perfect, so. You- <laughs> Don't actually have to change it. Glory it's, it's days. It's a fucking three-day seminar on. It's a three-day seminar and just uh, d- just copy and paste what I did already. Oh, okay. So I got one of those like weird. This reminded me exactly like uh, what was it like one of those scenes from the show The Office where they pull in like a, a specialist to host a seminar in the building to teach other people how to become salespeople. Have you ever you know you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that's what Al Gore became was the guy that was doing sales pitches to teach salespeople how to pitch something like that. But it's how to be annoying on Twitter. Like that's all he's trying to get them to do is like just constantly bombard people on Twitter with global warming shit. Like that's really what that that's for is to trick people into being a human bot. (laughs) That's crazy. I mean, yeah, but like it, it was all like uh, manipulation tactics. He was like, you, you got to like link, like you got to show him these images and show him these pictures of these things, and that's why like this one especially just has like random clips of like something flooding and then people being pulled out from under like the flood water and like all this this like terrible catastrophe footage. Oh my he was god! Like, yeah, the- oh, it it was great because it, it started out with a Fox News clip or so, something where some political pundit or somebody was complaining about uh, the first one, in, Inconvenient Truth, saying how oh Al Gore is he's saying these hyperbolic numbers, twenty feet of flooding, twenty feet of sea level rise. That's that's impossible. That's insane. And then Al Gore goes to a clip of just flooding in a city, and uh, I think like Miami. I, I think was- I think that was it. But. <laughs> But and these and as if that proves that this like that there's a bad storm, there's a little bit of flooding on the streets, and that proves that a twenty foot sea level rise is uh, within the realm of reason. I know it's ridiculous. Is there was literally two to six inches of water depending on where in the road you were. Yeah, that, again, that could have been a thirty-minute downpour. Like, yeah. that's <laughs> Well, it was only on the one side of the road too. The side that it was like, I love it. And they like, stood what? in the deepest part they could just yeah. to take their stupid video. And then they and remember where... they had these pumps. So they have. So the mayor is taking them around. The mayor of Miami, <laughs> walking with Al Gore. They're standing in the biggest puddle they can find, and they literally dragged the pump over, started pumping water just to the other side of the road. Like that would do anything, and just for the photo op, and they're like, "Yeah, this is uh, this is helping stem the tide of the water coming over. That's gonna, you know, swallow up the road." And it's it's insane that he even shows that because you can look up Miami now, still not underwater. Sea level rise is not flooding for an hour. It is right. the. The actual sea level, which is the elevation of the oceans, rises up and is a permanent now new level. So I like that because like his prediction in the last movie was we're going to get 20 feet of of sea level rise. Like if these certain parts of Greenland and Antarctica melted. In the next 50 years, yeah. 
And he was like, look at all these projections of Antarctica and Greenland melting all the time. Oh, my God. We have a video well, footage, footage of melting ice of yeah. melting ice in Greenland. Oh, my God. And then he goes to Miami to disprove their claims that he's a liar. And he's like, look, a flooded street. Like, that's it. Yeah. Just yeah. video of a flooded street. And he just stood in the water. And then it, then he had to get the clip of him taking his wet socks off in the uh, hotel to really drive the point home. <laughs> he also he goes the, the part of my last movie that was the most criticized was me bringing up the site of the World Trade Center and the World Trade Center also had flooding. Like he just showed it flooded, like kind of flooded one Here. day. And you're like, what I have the that fuck? Clip. You have that clip? Okay, <laughs> yeah. perfect. And by the way, 10 years ago, when the movie An Inconvenient Truth came out, the single most criticized scene in that movie was an animated scene showing that the combination of sea level rise and storm surge would put the ocean water into the 9-11 memorial site, which was then under construction. And people said, that's ridiculous. What a terrible exaggeration. Something happened last night at one of the most iconic locations in New York, the World oh Trade God. Center, Ground Zero. A flood of water with a current so strong it flooded the reconstruction. There is a wake-up call here, and that is climate change and our vulnerability to it. It was true 10 years ago, it was true five years ago. It is undeniable today. Governor Cuomo, uh, the goat. The goat. What, what hurricane was that? I forget. I, I think it was Sandy. Sandy, I think that's the, yeah. the one that hit yeah. New York. And also, it was just a storm. It still wasn't a, a ocean single... water flowing through the fucking streets of New York like he claimed in his first one. Right. It wasn't 20 feet of sea level rise. That's not sea level rise, you fucking moron. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. I love that they can blame every storm on global warming now. That's it's all they do. They're like, oh, before that, hurricanes didn't exist. Like, So, we get like 20 minutes into the movie and i think this is the point where he brings up the blue marble and this is the first time that he mentions bush and cheney <laughs> and the last image from the apollo program the blue marble the one picture of the entire earth fully illuminated completely changed the way people think about the planet it energized the modern environmental movement I put that picture on my office wall in the west wing of the White House, and I looked at it every day. I called up NASA and I said, hey, I've been looking at this same picture here, and I'm just wondering uh, if there's another one. I thought, what if we could have images on a daily basis? Might that help to build the commitment people have for saving the climate balance? And that's when I learned there's really not another one. <laughs> Shocking. Aaron was right. <laughs> Score one for the flat earthers. <laughs> oh, no. We only took one picture and then we just went home and never went to space again. It just happened to be the perfect conditions when the sun was like above, uh, I don't know, like positioned where it was illuminating the earth. So right, dumb. right. 
Uh, okay. Very then, good. Go on, Bob. Yeah. There's, there's a little more to this. That's what led to the idea of the Discover satellite. Not only for these pictures, but because of the amazing scientific data gathering that you can do from that special point in space. There was opposition in the Congress. Uh, I was about to run for president, and that may have had something to do with it. But once I finally got it approved, other instruments started being added to it. And one was the crucial early warning device for solar storms that threaten electric utility grids and pipelines. And temperature. And NASA built the satellite, gave it a launch date. And then uh, after the Supreme Court decision and the inauguration of Bush and Cheney, they canceled the satellite launch. It sounds like it had nothing to do with Bush and Cheney, and it was kind of just just happened to well, align well, schedule-wise with the, the inauguration. I, but I want to give him credit, because it probably was Bush and Cheney, because as we know, following NASA for as long as we have, they never delay or cancel any of their projects unless an evil president makes them do it. <laughs> I, I, do, I do agree that Republican presidents have notoriously underfunded NASA. That's true. That's why we're going to the moon right on time at the end of 2024. <laughs> the 2025. Uh, no, no, uh, April. Uh, end, okay. End See, of you've been gaslit I'm... into not remembering the original delays. It was supposed <laughs> to be at the end of 2024, and then we accepted yeah, the I, delay to April. And now the delay to, yes. to December, and you're like, well, see, now it's you just in your mind, you're thinking it's one delay, though. You, you're no, thinking you've put put you've been memed hey, by NASA into hey, thinking hey, that April Aaron, 2025 is the original date. It's Josh's job Aaron. to keep track of the countdown. <laughs> All right, it's not his fault. He's going crazy because of that. <laughs> Aaron, it, um, we need to make sure to elect Joe Biden again so it's not delayed further. Okay. I still plan on us ending the show when we go and land on the moon. We're gonna have to do this forever. That's the real sad part, Josh. So we got to do this forever because they're going to always delay the moon landing this is like one of those monkeys paw or like contract with the devil <laughs> yeah <where it laughs> all you have to do is work for me until nasa lands on the moon you're like oh done oh so like uh, two years of work how that's, that's no big deal how at long all two years it's always two years in front of you what the fuck is happening <laughs> It was two years away when we fucking started the show. <laughs> We've been doing this for two years, and that's still two years away. Oh, God. Oh, I love it. Oh, God. Okay, and then next next up, he starts getting into um, green energy and solar power and solar potential. And this is where he starts bringing up some, some weird new stats about th this whole thing, because I don't think... I'm not sure if like was it did they even have like a bunch of solar back in like 2006 or was it like a, a brand new thing that they had just like started basically. The th there weren't as many subsidies or as much money in it, so there was it wasn't as widespread. Um, the technology was pretty much where it's at today, I think. Though. Okay. So yeah, the, he uh, comes in. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, actually, go ahead and go ahead him talking about the solar because I have a I want to make a point about this when after he brags about it. Let me give you some exciting examples. Look at wind. Uh, one day uh, this month, Scotland 
got 100% of its electricity from wind. In Portugal, they had four days uh, straight uh, last May on renewable energy alone. And on a global basis, wind alone can supply 40 times the entire global demand for energy. But let's look at solar. This, to me, is the most exciting new development. 14 years ago, the best projections available were that we would be able to install worldwide one gigawatt of solar electricity per year. Well, when 2010 arrived, we beat that goal by 17 times over. Last year, we beat that goal 58 times over. This year, we're on track to beat that goal 73 times over. This is an exponential curve, uh, and it is astonishing, and it continues to go up at a steeper rate because the cost of silicon solar cells continues to go down. I wish that every state would encourage solar, including Florida. You know, Florida is called the Sunshine State. The head of the second biggest fossil fuel utility there was actually quoted as saying, yes, we're the Sunshine State, but remember, we're also the Bartley Cloudy State. Uh, and they have lobbied the state legislature to basically make it illegal to lease a solar panel for your rooftop from anybody but the fossil fuel burning utility. So I, I guess those stats were about wind? No, no, no. Those were about... He, he, does, he does mention... Uh, I have the quote for his solar stat that he brings up at some point later. Um, <clears throat> the world gets more energy from the sun each hour than the entire global economy uses for an entire year. That's right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, but this one, he was saying 17 times over. He was saying we installed 17 gigawatts of solar electricity or something. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because he said they were only going to be able to put in a gigawatt a year or something like that. But here's the thing about this. He's, he, he keeps bragging throughout this movie of the growth of solar. But, Josh, just like you said, this is all subsidized. All that's happened is they've created a green energy scam where all of our tax money gets funneled into these fucking companies. So many of these companies go out of business. They're installing, like, solar in these places. It's, it's almost like, uh, it reminds me of every mafia movie with, like, the, you get the no-show guy and they're doing, like, a fake construction project and they just blow through a million dollars paying everybody out and then just the project goes up and never gets done. So, anyways, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's. The biggest fucking scam in the world. That's the only reason solar's growing is because it's completely subsidized. It's not a naturally growing um, industry. It's not a profitable industry. Uh, they, they've actually started killing it here in California. Like, it's gotten to such a big industry. Like, you can you can never buy these solar panels. You always have to, like, lease them or some dumb shit. Uh, but they changed the code here in California. So, you have to, like, do, like, a majority of your roof as solar and you also have to invest in like batteries big enough to like fully charge big your battery house has made their like way into california and ruined the uh, otherwise thriving solar industry it's not big solar, big solar. solar grassroots. what are you talking about yeah <laughs> i mean it it it's it's gonna it's gonna kill it at the end of the day because like the state of california is basically saying you have to do all of this like uh battery and solar package that's going to be like five times more expensive than just a couple solar panels on your roof. And no one's going to afford it. Like, especially, you know, like over half of like the state of California um, 
like at poverty level basically so it, it, it's not it's not going to be worth it and also when they're the, you look at like a sales pitch like this on wind where they say globally wind could supply worldwide electricity like consumption 40 times over exists it's like no it Bob, considering the fact that the considering the fact that your state spent over a billion dollars last year of taxpayer money subsidizing solar companies uh which i just looked up uh yeah, I would kill it too if somebody was subsidizing me a billion dollars for literally anything. Well, Bob, considering your state already <laughs> wastes uh, hundreds of thousands of gallons of water every year farming almonds, um, it's already a lost cause. You like already killed the environment. I like how Aaron brings up like a billion dollars subsidizing. Uh, fucking, we wasted a hundred billion dollars making like a three mile stint of high speed rail in the middle of nowhere that no one's ever going to use. Yeah, like that's just a hundred billion down the drain. I was actually a little bit shocked that it was only a billion. Uh, we waste that much money on yeah. like a football sta- stadium, <laughs> and that's just the taxpayer like part of the football stadium. It's which is it's like fucking it, yeah. as well. Right okay so he gets back and he starts repeating a little bit of his old talking point where he's like our atmosphere is only like this fucking tiny compared to like our our entire globe earth and all this stuff and he gives like a really hilarious explanation of what's causing all of this and of course right now we are putting 110 million tons of heat trapping global warming pollution into that space every single day. We're using this as an open sewer for all of the gaseous waste in our global civilization. Agriculture is a a big cause of it, burning of forests and burning of cropland. But still, the main part of the problem is the emission of carbon dioxide from the burning of coal, oil, and gas. Okay, I'm going to pause it real quick and go back to this little infograph that he had. Because he mentioned agriculture, the burning of forests, the burning of crops. My favorite is that this graphic that he shows is like, it looks like a town in like Farmville, like some phone <laughs> game. And every single thing like looks apocalyptic. Like the air transport is just billowing black smoke out of the back of the plane. Fucking oil production, billowing black smoke. Uh, forests are burning to the ground in, in these hellscape of uh, industrial processes and coal plants. And he goes, yeah, agriculture is the main part. It's the only like serene looking thing there. It's like just a bunch of happy cows in a fucking field. And he's like, yeah, I, have, uh, I think this is mostly this agriculture over here. They they couldn't help but start the eat the bugs, uh, you know, right around this time. I honestly think that... Um yeah, because that, that was, like, the first time he mentioned agriculture. But I honestly think he got, like, this infographic from, like, the City Skylines game or something. Or, like, a Civ game or something. Because it's, like, the same angle as all of those video games. Like, the same world environment. Al, Al Gore. It looks like City Skylines, actually. It literally might be. Yeah, Al Gore's boomery enough that I could imagine him thinking that City Skylines is, like, a clever game. Or that he... Or, or, or thinking it's a good idea to take an image from the game. As a, as a real simulation. I could see him... Yeah, right, right. I could see him thinking that he can build his own city and run the world properly because he has, like, a functioning city on city skylines. 
He okay. Al Gore definitely did not invent the fifteen-minute city. No way. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> not not the internet and the fifteen-minute city. Fuck. I think the cherry on top for this this uh de- like this infographic that he has here is the fact that you can actually see the curvature of the globe. <laughs> I didn't even notice they that. They always do in, that. Oh, that's in so it. good. <laughs> <laughs> Point one for the Globers. <laughs> have you? Have, this is a little bit off topic, tied up. but have you guys noticed since starting this show how much shit has spaceships and the fucking globe in it? It's like every other commercial. It's like it's in everything. It's in fucking mm. everything. Oh, okay. Start keeping your mind out. You're, I, you're like your eye open for that. Just it's. Well, Every day you will see a picture say, of the globe and space and spaceships. Interesting. I don't I don't have cable and YouTube only feeds me uh, <laughs> anti schizophrenia <laughs> medication ads. Don't worry. It's <laughs> so. gonna have a sunrise that comes over the globe and like start a new day with your anti schizo yeah. meds and then a rocket'll shoot across the sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh I need to, I need to capture a video of that one time. Okay. Uh, Oh, God, that's too funny. All right, let's play this clip a little bit more. But still, the main part of the problem is the emission of carbon dioxide from the burning of coal, oil, and gas. And that builds up heat energy and raises temperatures. Another explanation for five India just set their all-time high temperature record in May, 123.8 degrees Fahrenheit. The streets are melting. We have built a civilization for conditions that we are now in the process of radically changing. All-time records have been broken this year in Thailand and in Cambodia and Laos. In Pakistan, over 1,200 people died in the heat wave there. This year, they have dug anticipatory mass graves for the people they fear will die in the this year's heat waves. You know, no, they didn't. I, I understand that. I understand I that Pakistan's not a Western well, country, but that's you know, in America, that's not how we build our our anticipatory mass graves. Ours look a little less like uh, ditches. Oh, yeah. it's and, not, not a basic irrigation yeah. system. It's uh, when a guy with a pick yeah. with a pickaxe and a very tiny trench that's like sixteen inches it's wide. Not even up to his knees. It's not an anticipatory <laughs> mass grave, but he's just lying. It's so fucking insane the lie that he's telling, dude. Uh, uh, I've never heard of that ever happening. Um, but here you go. I, that that was one of the the best parts for me of like this whole. Well, the best part about it was graves. when they got the German scientists to come in and build a roller coaster that fucking flip people into the mass graves so they could load them more efficiently. I think that's the last time I've heard about anticipatory mass graves. See, on the other, on the other hand, like twelve hundred people across a large country that that doesn't call for mass graves. That's like right. Maybe if it's in like a city, like a single city, maybe. maybe. I mean, like, like oh, we got twelve hundred bodies. Yeah, your quarters are overloaded no, for a few like weeks, but whatever. Yeah, we got a hundred fucking funeral homes in like Buffalo, and that's like. A two hundred thousand person like city. Anticipatory. Twelve hundred people dying is probably not that weird. You have an anticipatory, anticipatory like giant ice chest, or like some way to store the bodies for a week, so so you know the uh, morticians can actually get to them. 
Yeah, then you're going to have to rent, uh, what was it, freezer trailers off of 18-wheelers, like semis, and then, then you're just burning more holes in the ozone layer, running all those air conditioners. Yeah, actually, is that what, what he thinking? said, that 1,200 people were going to die in the fucking heat wave or I whatever? 1,200 people died. Or that, 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 was, no, that was the, the, the year before. Yeah, based on their predictions on. That's really not a lot. Yeah. Cause like, think about it, like a, a city of a quarter million people. A person lives about 75 years, let's say. Like, yeah. How- okay. Let me... So you're already looking at like 3,200 people should die anyways. And then when you actually take into account that we have an aging population, that the older population is our largest population in almost every country globally, that it should actually probably be like 3,800 people should have died in a, in for every quarter million. This is Pakistan, he yes. said? Out of 211 million people in 2015. 1,200 died in a heat wave. Right. I mean, it really just in puts a in... not America. If that constitutes or necessitates mask, uh, mass graves, uh, it really just puts in perspective how terrible the um, million deaths from COVID in Pakistan were between 2020 <laughs> and 2021. Yeah, they must have been brutal. <laughs> We'll have to check their mass grave situation after COVID. See, graves work exactly like uh, like global warming, like CO two does on on the Earth for global warming. See, the the Earth can absorb the ninety eight percent of the carbon emissions going into the atmosphere from volcanoes, but the two percent that we put up there, it's not equipped to do. So, like, they're already expecting they've got the infrastructure to do three million dead people every year. But they that extra twelve hundred from the heat wave. Three point zero one. They had to build an anticipatory mass grave because they have this down to a science. Oh God, so annoying. It sounds like you're getting riled up there, Aaron. It's just it's crazy. The like I can't believe so many people fall for this shit too. They eat it up. Well, I got a clip here of Al Gore getting a little fired up. He was angry a lot. How long can we just sit back and say, oh, well, maybe some genius will think up some miracle. I'm sorry, I'm getting all um, fired up here. <laughs> Cue the applause. It's like no reaction. Dude, that's the other thing. But let's step back. And- they, they, in, this, the whole, in both movies they did this, whoever their editor is, is such an asshole unless he literally got no reaction from the crowd the whole time in all of his speeches his whole life. They always cut to the most disinterested person in the world in the crowd, like looking at their phone and then like looking up. Like they're not <laughs> even looking at like show somebody that's pretending to be moved by this. Don't show somebody like looking about... down at their notes. Well, I mean, to be fair, like he did clip people of like being serious he's talking about like world ending of like events and catastrophes and you know like these people need to look he serious did they get didn't a have like a smile they on their seemed face like, like we're paying attention i'm paying attention because i'm really gleaning some very good information from this uh graph but the last one i saw was this this old woman literally looking at her phone and then like looking up like barely paying attention it's edits throughout this whole movie for to try to show you crowd reactions are so poorly done. I agree, <laughs> but uh, they did have a couple of good ones. They, uh, as you pointed out, 
which I noticed like earlier too with like the crowd work, but like they zoomed in into like a picture of like one of like the best looking people in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And like they held on that for like three to five seconds and then they cut no, away, that was, you know? That uh, was later for the terrorist shooting that they oh, yeah, showed some the French dead chick, people, yeah. and it was like all ugly people, and they just zoom in on the hottest chick that died in the whole crowd because that's what they always do. <laughs> They're like, okay, forty-five people died. Find the hottest one, run a story on them. Like that's what the news does every time. It's so disingenuous. Put that chick front well, and center, everyone. Yeah, you know, too. if it's just some like hairy Pakistani guy, you would not give a fuck. Like if it just looked like a cab driver that died, you're just like. All of us, and we were all guilty of it, but none of us would care. We were like, ah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, who's going to peel the, the gross bees off of his taxi cab after <laughs> <Yeah>. he passes? <laughs> all right, and then he starts bringing up, he starts getting into, like, this, um, uh, what, like, fear-mongering regarding, like, all these climate events and stuff like that. He's like, oh, the storms are different, they're more hot, and they're more wet, and... They're more scary, basically. And so he has like this montage. Water vapor is often funneled thousands of kilometers from the oceans over the land. And then much more of it falls at the same time. (laughs) Look at this downpour that hit Tucson, Arizona. And watch the water splash off the city. They're now calling these things rain bombs. No, they wow, like something That's a terrorist not a would now. do. Uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> they actually have a, a specific. I can't remember the name for it. There's like some meteorological term for this, but it's like it's a known event in, like in Phoenix, in Tucson, in like the desert communities and stuff like that. During the monsoon season, you get storms like this like every, like once a week in the middle of the summer in Phoenix. Like I don't know what the fuck he's, this this, he also, this isn't new. He also says a lot. Not, none of this is he new. He also says look at the rain splash off the city, and in the clip it does look like there's this like bucket pouring of water that like does splash up off the ground, but it's just a time lapse video. It's not. It doesn't actually splash. It's just when the wind was picked up at certain times and it looks like it's whipping around. But he's like, yeah. look at the water splash off it. Like, he thinks that that just happened in one second. That was a time-lapse video. It goes from day to night. <laughs> and, like, he's pretending like it's, like, a full, like, uh, like waterfall of water, too. It's, like, it's precipitation, first and foremost. That big splash is just, like, mist, basically. There's no damage to anything. Like there, like buildings didn't collapse, like roofs didn't collapse, like it, there, it was not a, a catastrophic event. No, they probably the needed least. the water really bad. Tucson is still <laughs> recovering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bombs. Houston's been hit between May of last year and May of this year. Two one in five hundred year floods and one one in a thousand year. What? Downpour. Okay. Now that's stop. Unusual. Almost no one like. too. Because that, that's just a regular Dude. rain. That's not even the, the flood. Every year I have to right. hear about a one in a thousand year storm. It makes me want to fucking kill somebody. If it happens every year, it's not a one in a thousand year storm. What is for the region? And like, <laughs> it's not even for the region. What we weren't even here. America isn't even three hundred years old. We de- we definitely don't have like Indian yeah. 
Indian paintings. There's not totem poles that show the storms. Of 800 years ago. Yeah, I want to see like a... For us to even make that fucking claim. I want to see Indiana Jones quest into like Anasazi caves to find the these rain bomb cave paintings. That's uh, just flooding flooding their <laughs> wheelless carriages and they're, they're stuck there. That's really what the rain dance was. They were trying to call down rain bombs on their fucking enemies. That was their you nuclear bomb. You don't think those civilizations... You don't think the civilizations that didn't figure out the wheel were uh, uh, documenting weather patterns uh, all the way back in the day? <laughs> it's that, That's fine. If you don't believe that, we can measure the isotopes, Aaron. Just calm down. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many layers of glacier a rain bomb will take away. Then we'll never know the truth. Okay. So we finally get back to what was it? The Paris climate um agreement like moment in the sun this is his this is what he's been waiting for this whole movie is to go to the paris climate accord and get all the world leaders to agree to spend all of our money on their own family's fucking solar company yes exactly so it gets interrupted by some terrorist events i think i don't remember this in the news uh and they don't really explain what it was in the movie either uh mostly Uh, they said like 10 or 10 to 15 people got shot or something like that. Yeah, that, that was that just happened to happen yeah, at the same time. Night. Okay, so they they decided to to cancel that day's events and they're like, "Oh, everyone's, you know, fucking moaning and shit like that." So he kind of does this monologue af- after the scenes of him like evacuating the area basically. The fact that those terrible attacks took place in the city where the climate conference was about to begin caused many to connect these two events at a deep level that is difficult to articulate in words. It's hard to articulate it because it's nonsense, Al. Mm -hmm. Right? Connecting climate change and terrorism. The hubris. That's nonsense. Well, no, he's trying to... He literally kind of like was implying at different points, too, that that those guys shooting people was to stop Al from talking at the climate change event in order to save the world. It was like, like it, you think that like a flat earther is a fucking conspiracy theorist. He thinks that the big oil came to stop Al Gore by killing random civilians outside of where he was going to be speaking. And like to, so they could keep not hoarding even, all the energy profits. Not even right. Not even right outside. It was like in the same, in the city, same city. Yeah, like, yeah I, I feel like it's more of like a. <laughs> it was like a light weekend in Chicago. Is what happened in Paris. <laughs> so they go back like a couple days later. I don't know if it's like the next day or a couple days later, but the traffic is crazy getting back to the conference, uh, and so they decide the the movie decides to show you how human <laughs> and down to earth Al Gore really is because he's like, "Well, I don't want to send this traffic. Let's let's take the subway. I think that'll be faster." And so there's this little <laughs> this clip where people are coming up and be uh like asking about Al cuz like, you know, he's in a foreign country. There's a lot of like foreign um, dignitaries there. And so I hope the audio picks this up because it's hilarious. We actually uh, uh, use delegation from China. So this is President Paul, right? Yes, President. Yeah, yeah. Is he still in the current 
Is this President <laughs> Gore? No, he was Vice President. <laughs> no, he's Vice President. Is he president. still the President? <laughs> oh, dude, that guy's just no, trolling no. him. <laughs> I, I wish that other countries had can- that like l- level of knowledge about america like like it's an american being like oh is is tony blair still prime minister and uh like just not or or just you know the average american or just you know really most people's understanding of who the leaders or what's going on in other countries i wish other countries had that view of america where could they, they could right. be like oh o- o- obama's still president right <laughs> no dude the, I mean, if, I, this, if I met this base Chinaman, if I met definitely Al Gore, I'm stealing this guy's bit. I, I want to meet Al Gore someday. And he's <laughs> like, great to meet President, President Gore. Gore. President Gore. Oh my God, I'm so excited to meet you. And he's like, oh, Vice President. No, yeah, I know. I I, I wish you were still president. <laughs> this one's even better though. This next one. Oh my God. Everybody casually goes on the subway uh, with cameras on the camera. Right. Oh my god! This guy, someone with a camera, he's like, I wish you you won the presidency. I wish I could call you president. And Al, he doesn't even respond to the guy. He told he the guy to fuck he's so at defeated. him. Say it, he's, for the movie. Well, that too. <laughs> I love his reaction. Like he doesn't. He doesn't even look at the guy. He's like, uh huh, uh huh. Just like keeps walking. How oh, how did shit. he make most of this movie about his election loss? It's insane. It, like most of this was still about that, and now and actually he had less Trump bashing than I thought he would have. Aaron, in it. this he still just went back. That's how bitter he is about his election loss. He was still. Talking about how Bush and Cheney were ruining everything. Aaron, Al-, Al Gore losing the election in the year 2000 is the worst tragedy to happen. Tragedy to happen on American soil in the 21st century. Okay. <laughs> well, now we know the truth. Now that the world is going to burn and flood at the same time. Yeah, the, the, it's just the, 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 the hierarchy because- of tragedies. We have Al Gore losing the election, um, January 6th. 9-11 and the rain bomb climate disaster yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard oh, anyone shit. call anything a rain bomb before this movie <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be looking no. out for rain bomb naturally just to see I'm gonna shout rain bomb in an airport <laughs> well Oh my god, the rain bomb in Tucson. My delayed because of the rain bomb. <laughs> I wouldn't get on this plate That's if I were bit. you. I, I, I heard there's a rain bomb on, on the way down there. None of our listeners should steal Josh's bit. He has to do that one himself. Oh, man. Alright, and then probably my second favorite part of the movie here they're in discussions they're trying to negotiate a deal in paris and there's one holdout i'm trying to solve an indian problem first and foremost <laughs> hold on so he's piqued my interest continue <laughs> this was before it was politically correct to say indigenous peoples 
That's what he means by clean what? up the earth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? What's the the green alternative to trains? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty green. Yeah, we, no, we no, can no. make electric trains, no, right? The, the gas. The gas chambers are a bad alternative. We need to do something more healthy yeah, for re- the replace, environment. Replace the the natural gas chambers with the uh, solar death rays. Come on, they had it in MythBusters. It's a real thing. Very oh, efficient. Oh god. Oh god. So the the big thing with India was that th- they were like, well. Um, we'd love to help, but the interest rates on these loans are too high. You need to help fucking bring down, you know, like loan us some money, but do it at like a reasonable interest rate, basically. Well, so the, the argument uh, they keep bringing up too is that, um, India in many, many regards is still a developing country infrastructure wise. So they, they want to use fossil right, fuels right. because it's a cheap energy dense form of energy. And, uh, they, yeah, the the one minister of energy or whatever over there, whatever his title is over there, keeps bringing up to Al Gore that, um, yeah, America had you know 150 years of their industrial revolution to just burn coal and ruin the environment. Uh, why don't we, or why don't we get some leeway to do the same to get to a similar level of development? You're disadvantaging us, uh, right? Yeah, he, he- that, that whole argument. Right. He was like, if it was cheaper, then like totally fine. And so that's where they were at an impasse. They're like, well, we can't do it because we have too many people. It costs too much money. If you lower the interest rates, then maybe we'll we'll get something done. And he's on the phone with bankers the whole time. And they're like, he, he's like, couldn't we just lower the interest rate a little bit? He's like, no, no. OK, OK. You really hear his <laughs> side of the conversation over the phone. <laughs> what, what's insane is that I kind of agree with them, like. Yeah, I would prefer if we could get away from coal and uh, gas and oil plants, but I not on not by subsidizing like insane amounts of money where I'm taking another percentage of my labor to fucking fund your horseshit and other people are getting rich as fuck off of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Especially in like solar and wind. Um, yeah, if it was like nuclear, yeah, maybe. Then maybe. But, you know, you're still handing over technologies. You'd have to hand over uh, intellectual properties to the Indians. And so that brings up another good point that he's going to solve the negotiation stall in this one fell swoop. Elon has a record of giving up IP on some of the core aspects in Tesla. You know, uh, you, you, you take it and do what you can with it. I talked to uh, President Hollande about it also. I didn't mention the company, uh, but I mentioned the general idea. Hollande and Ban Ki-moon, and I'm sure at least at the ministerial level with India, we could have, uh, you know, halo equity for Solar City that would be incredible. But before I called Lyndon or Elon, I wanted to run it by you. This... fucking Al Gore is saying he's like I have an idea of some other guy to give away his intellectual property to a developing country and I haven't even talked to him about it yet (laughs) yeah but wasn't it for like a share of equity or something he said like wasn't that what he's trying to say a share of equity in their fucking solar industry Halo equity. I don't know. If oh, that, that, yeah, he, he's City. mentioning two, I two people, no, two companies. Solar City is the is Elon's company, I, I think. 
Halo Equity, I think it's the Linden guy's company. I don't, I don't know who he was talking about, but um, I think he's talking about two specific oh, okay. examples uh, here on this phone call. Oh, uh, okay. Right. So, Josh, you looked into that? What 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 came of that? Did Elon uh, give up IP for uh, his solar company? Uh, I- to help India out I was doing there. some Googling and it, it looks like nothing came of it or no no relationship between Elon Musk and India ever happened. Uh, but in India, they did end up developing a pretty, pretty robust uh, solar infrastructure over the last um, 10 years at this point now, uh, it, l- largely in part oh. due to uh, something we'll probably get to in just a minute. But, uh, you know, some some money that was loaned to them to start developing that. But it, uh, headway okay. was made, and it, uh, and like they, they made a ton of progress in in this field. So, uh, you know, just take some money, I guess. They got stuck in yeah. long term loans. The Jews got them with <laughs> fucking solar panels. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so the deal ends up being basically that they they loaned India like what like a was it just a no, billion, five, five billion back then? I think it's five billion. Oh, five billion dollars in loans for like like solar, basically. So now we're diving back into solar. Chile, a developing country, but it has great policy. You talk about excitement. This story gets me excited. At the end of 2013, they had 11 megawatts of solar. By the end of 2014, uh, more than 400 megawatts. By the end of last year, more than 800 megawatts. So look at what they have under construction this year and under contract to soon begin construction. <laughs> oh my god, he does the graph thing again. It's off the charts, guys. It keeps guys. going. It keeps just going up and up and, and the up chart. the y-axis. This man ain't never heard of a logarithmic scale. I love this. <laughs> 13.3 gigawatts. And there are other countries and many regions in the world that are poised for this kind of breakout. All right. This would be a good thing yeah, to I love follow how- up on, by the way, this Chilean thing. So Chile, he shows this graph where it goes, one year they get like 13.5 gigawatts of fucking power. And I want to know what happened and where they got the money to do that. Because, again, this is not an industry that is profitable yet. It's not profitable unless you subsidize it. So who gave them the gigantic subsidy? He's, he's acting like this is catching on naturally, and it's not. This is all subsidized. Uh, the U.S. Congress did Probably. It. <laughs> which should be fucked. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think inflation's been so high for so long? Like, come on. <laughs> oh, we have to build the whole world solar panels. Like, that's probably fucking something we do. So yeah, he's he's basically uh, he's making some victory laps here with like the solar expansion, like all all that's fine and dandy. Chile's a great victory lap for him, and then he gets another one. Um, I believe he he finally gets the, the Discover satellite off the ground and in, into so, space. Brief, um, Ray Josh? brief uh, interruption: Chile did open up their solar thermal plant in twenty twenty one. Uh, that construction started on in 2014 and it has an annual net output of 950 gigawatt hours oh that's not bad yeah but how did they pay for it um it's uh yeah so it cost about a billion dollars um the 
I, I don't I don't know if I have that here. And how much land did oh, it cover? Um, <laughs> the, the, the how many acres? How many millions of acres did it cover? Okay, okay. So, um, <laughs> they 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 got financing, or some of the major financing partners were um, a French investment bank, uh, the German a German investment bank. Uh, another French multinational, uh, a, a bunch of uh, EU EU bankers. That's what it sounds like. Uh, some Dutch bank too. So that that's that's oh. that's where they got all their money from. From it looks like, or at least the the vast majority of the money. God, I would love a way to like track yeah. who's how many of these solar things are defaulting on their loans on. Oh, that'd be incredible. It took them seven years to build it, though. That that, that seemed a little uh, little. They don't have the wheel long. in South America. Takes a little longer, right? It Got COVID it. delays. <laughs> All right, another victory lap. They launched the, I think, is what the Discover uh, satellite. Yeah, the one that gave that fake ass picture of the moon in front of the Earth. Remember when I mentioned the blue marble? It was the only photograph of its kind. But here's one from the first week of last December. This was taken by a brand new NASA and NOAA satellite called Discover that orbits the sun along with the Earth, and the scientists are learning so much. For example, for the first time, they're learning about the real energy balance of the Earth, energy in and energy out. Don't let anybody tell you that we're going to get on rocket ships and go to mars and live in hermetically sealed buildings we couldn't even evacuate the city of new orleans when the hurricane hit he's friends with elon musk sorry josh <laughs> hey we That's start we start out with the moon base fuck mars moon base said. <laughs> what Aaron? That's the most reasonable thing he said the whole time because that's so true like the yeah. people that think that they're like oh yeah we're gonna go fly to mars and it's like uh we can't fly over the South Pole, apparently. But you think we're gonna fly to Mars? Like, exactly. He's like, we can't. We couldn't evacuate New Orleans. Of course, he had to make a callback to. He's like stuck in some weird dementia loop. Like he got Groundhog's Day in his own head in two, the year two thousand, where he uh, lost the election. He's just been in a fucking spiral downwards. He's just like everything that was relevant <laughs> around that time. He just keeps talking about over and over and over again. It's funny that you mentioned the election again because uh, after all of these uh, victory laps that he's done, uh, he gets hit by another um, another severe election loss because this was made in 2016 and published in 2017. So here we go. Delegates at the United Nations Climate Summit are expressing panic over Tuesday's election results, saying President-elect Donald Trump may threaten the future of any international agreement to slow catastrophic climate change. Trump has said he will, quote, cancel the Paris climate agreement Based. and also promise to promote coal power and fracking and says he will allow for oil and gas drilling on federal A lands. famous boxer once said, everybody has a plan until he gets punched <laughs> in the face. God damn it. Yeah. Does anyone know any famous boxers? Like no. <laughs> it's, it's what that, honestly, <laughs> that's like... Other than maybe Wayne Gretzky saying you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, literally might be the most quoted sports quote ever. It has to be. That everybody has right. a plan until they get punched in the face. 
one of the most famous athletes of all time. Yeah. Right? Oh, my God. You, you think he did that because he's black? <laughs> I know. He just fucking Al Gore did it because he doesn't know anything. Uh, oh, he doesn't know anything deeper than like a tertiary level. So he, he, of course, uses the most basic bitch quote like him quoting that him thinking he's deep quoting fucking Mike Tyson and saying like, oh, famous boxer once said is the same as like every girl on Tinder using if Madonna's where it's like. If you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Like, dude, it's eighty percent of girls' <laughs> profiles have that fucking shit in there. It's retarded. That was Madonna's yeah, I didn't quote. Know that. I think so. I'm... Or, or no, Marilyn or Monroe. Was it Marilyn oh, Monroe. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that's actually <laughs> same difference. I got so confused. Basically, the same person. <laughs> yeah, Marilyn Monroe was obviously hotter, but you know, might just because she died and she was like twenty-seven or something. Right, we didn't get to see her. If only Madonna killed herself, so year old lesbian, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that we're basically at the end of the documentary, if you can call it that. It's it's a movie. I don't know. And so he starts like a travel pushing. (laughs) (laughs) Right, it's it's basically another travel vlog (laughs) of him and his buddies flying around the world, meeting up in Paris, having it's like our cabin trip, basically. Like. Way less fun, dude. Imagine, if, imagine if we right. like film little thirty-second clips of our conversations at cabin, but before we actually get to saying anything in the like, say we're we're gonna talk about this or like introduce a topic, and then they just cut cut us off before we actually get to any discussion. That that's what this is. Cut cut only cut yeah only edit in the most boring conversations like. Hey, how's it been going? And it just cuts to a new scene. No, no really. No, the, the the documentary opens on him. I think talking to Congress or something. He's like, uh, or, and he is, um, like, he's giving his whole like introductory statement. But we're not really statements. His whole little introduction, and. Then he's like, uh, yeah, I'd like to, I, I wish I could, you know, we didn't have all the press here and we're in such a formal environment. I'd like to just talk to you, uh, and, you know, and personally, one-to-one in private, blah, blah, blah. And then they cut the scene. They don't even say what he wants to say about climate bullshit. Right. <laughs> well, because he said, well, because I, you know, I'm making a movie here. <laughs> you got to help me out. <laughs> No, it's uh, We need to set up the shot. <laughs> no, it's insane. In this one, he doesn't make any predictions in the second one. Well, it's because everything came true already. And it says truth to power. Truth to power. And all he does is like, all he does is rail against Bush and Cheney again. Like, they're the fucking power. What is he talking about? He's fucking yucking it up with Vladimir Putin and and the president of China and all these people and convincing he's fucking brokering two or five billion dollar loans to fucking India. And he's the one that's speaking truth to power. Are you fucking kidding me, Al Gore? Like. It's fucking insane, acting like he's the everyman. Well, he did learn from his mistakes because he did get a lot of, like, grief because of all the predictions he made that we brought up and that he also brought up in this second movie with the 20-foot flooding of sea level rise and I know, stuff like but that. he only That's brought true. up ones that he tried to say he was right about, and right. which he wasn't at all because it's not what he was saying in that movie, is not that this area could flood occasionally. Um... Like he didn't, he didn't touch Mount Kilimanjaro and Glacier National Park. You right, think he'd want right. to fucking, you know, uh, that's a home run. Take a victory lap, you know. 
Hey, this is this is a light-hearted movie. It is not a eulogy, okay, Aaron. You don't want people to. He doesn't want his audience <laughs> crying uh, when they go to watch an Al Gore documentary. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. That would require it, it, them to have an emotional reaction to this movie, which is not possible. It's fucking so lifeless and shitty. Well, it's funny you guys bring that up because he ends it by rallying the propaganda rallying the message trying to get people emotionally involved in this like this whole climate ordeal thing and so he starts associating the climate movement with the civil rights movement of the 60s i remember vividly when the civil rights movement first began to pick up steam we saw Bull Connor turning fire hoses on young African-American kids. Best days of my life. We asked the older generation, why <laughs> it's just and fair to have laws that discriminate on the basis of skin color? And when they couldn't answer that question, the laws began to change. This movement to solve the climate crisis is in the tradition of every great moral movement that has advanced the cause of humankind. And every single one of them has met with resistance to the point where the, many of the advocates felt despair and wondered how long is this going to take. Martin Luther King famously answered a question during some of the bleakest hours of the civil rights movement when someone asked how long is this going to take. He said, how long? Not long because no lie can live forever. How long? Not long. Because the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. How long? Not long. We what are close in this movement. We are <laughs> very close applies. to the tipping point beyond which this movement, like the abolition movement, like the women's suffrage movement, like the civil rights movement, like the anti-apartheid movement, like the movement for gay rights, is resolved into oh a God, choice between right and wrong. And because of who we are as human beings, the outcome is foreordained. And it is right to save the future for humanity. It is wrong to pollute this earth and destroy the climate balance. It is right to give hope to the future generation. The, what does this, it mean when he says the time of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice? What the fuck is he talking about? That must have in one ear out the other. What the, the fuck moral did he say? Yeah, the moral it, arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. That doesn't mean anything. No, yeah, no, it's it's saying uh, this. You know, the time history converges towards justice, towards like, like good. The yeah, story arc. It, it makes sense. It's a dumb way of saying it. I mean, kinda. It's like a. It, it makes like sixty percent sense. <sighs> it's bad. It's. <laughs> oh, I hate this. I hate this fucking movie. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, that's the end of this movie. This, this both yeah. these documentaries were fucking terrible. No, I, th I, think I it, can't believe how bad. They I think were. it ends on a little uh, like was more entertaining. I, th I think I think this one actually ends on like some text on the screen, some sad music, and a, a photo collage, and it says that um, Donald Trump like the, does that say that Donald Trump uh, had to leave the Paris Climate Accord? Am I thinking of the right thing? Like right, right here. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah. 2016 world ratified the landmark Paris climate accord in the United Nations. And then it's going to be like, but then yeah. Trump pulled America out. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It does see, the see, very see, this next is how it actually is. <laughs> On June 1st, 2017, President Donald Trump announced the United States is pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord. <laughs> if our leaders it's refuse all... to lead, citizens of the world will. It, yeah, it's all it's all like these slogans, basically, of like act, vote, uh, speak, like all all these other things. His yeah that that quote right there. Thousands of. Yeah, thousands of Al Gore climate trainees are now leaders in the movement. <laughs> hey, Bob, it's 2023. Those, They're called it's like trannies those people now. that are indistinguishable. Oh, sorry. For those, What'd you say, Josh? It's, it's 2023. They're called trannies now. But that's that's just a, a, yeah. a dumb joke. That, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I liked Thanks. it. I liked I it, said Josh. It's I was going to say that <laughs> room of people indistinguishable from fucking Herbalife salesman. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like five jur- like <laughs> ten journalists and ten uh, the pyramid scheme wannabes and ten stay at home mo- the, 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 you know spinsters. Yeah, it's like single women like women without jobs. Yes, you know, yeah, that's at what, yeah, home, yeah, like forty five year old women that don't have jobs. The, oh, the worst kind God. of person. So, all right, let's. Uh, Here, wh- I, who are those two movie reviewers? Like Ebert and the other guy. Yeah, do you want do you guys want, uh, give a thumbs up, thumbs down? What do you guys rate the second the second movie, Josh? Oh, this was um, not good. I think is probably the way I'd, I'd put it. So I start I started off the podcast by asking what the um, uh, what the target demographic of this is, and what, what I'm coming to my my conclusion is that this was intended for elementary school kids. Um, it. it is at about that level of comprehension where there aren't like real complex points there aren't real associations between events or like a through proper through line or story there aren't uh like useful or real stats um and like he ends it by saying uh the 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 good guys do this and the bad guys do that um and this this is right and this is wrong at a very elementary school level of uh rying. That's a great point. That yeah. way of arguing is, I hate it so much, where it's just like, this is what I think, and I think it because it's what the good guys do, and this is what other people think because they're evil. The end. And they don't even define why it's good <laughs> or evil or what, like, or prove what they're saying. Like, there's no argument for what they're saying. That's They just break it down into black and white like that. Like, oh, it's it's actually just good versus evil, and that's... Something we all intrinsically know, so I don't even have to explain why it's uh, my way's good. Yeah, I, I think it it comes along with the times, like around 2016, is like when all this like moralizing of politics started as well. No, I think that, that was like before that. The, the. Well, I mean, like a, a little bit, but it, it hasn't been as bad. Like it keeps getting worse and worse over the years. Oh yeah, and I, I think that yeah, I, I I think this was definitely in line with that. Trying just to get people to like, you know, get emotionally involved in climate change activism, basically. You know, I'm not even kidding though. You Thunberg and all that stuff. You would have a better time watching Michael Moore documentaries than you would these two. Don't. No one should watch much, these. They're really bad. Much better. Yeah. He yeah. He actually knows how to like put together a documentary, even though he's completely wrong and retarded. <laughs> yeah. But so <laughs> so that's the thumbs down from you too. It, it's really it's really bad. It 
the second movie he doesn't even have new powerpoint clips it half the movie is him showing clips from his last movie of showing powerpoint clips that he already had in the first movie yeah that's fucking insane to do that that's like you would fail if you had to give us a an oral presentation at the end of class and you just showed clips from your first oral presentation earlier in the year you'd fail like, you wouldn't even pass your fucking, like, 101 public speaking class. Well, I'm, I'm glad that Al Gore's yeah. revolutionizing the little... educational system with his, his trainee course. <laughs> um, yeah, so so there were there were Perfect. 12 years, I believe, between the two documentaries. Um, Aaron Bob, gun to your head. Is Al Gore going to come out with An Inconvenient Truth 3 before we land back on the moon? Oh... <laughs> No, he's looking rough. He's not going to make it another Before, 12 years. I think so, yeah. Well, I mean, because, you know, the landing on the moon thing is, like, just going to get keep getting pushed back and back and back. So, yeah, like, the movie's going to come out next before yeah, the so landing, t- definitely. 20, 2028, 2029, if you keep, like, a uh, you know, similar spacing between each. Yeah. No, he'll be too oh, decrepit yeah. and full of heart disease. He's not going to make another one. There is a higher chance than us actually landing on the moon, but <laughs> I think we'll try to fake the moon landing before he comes out with a third one. Okay. Ashamed of you too. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I actually give this movie uh, a thumbs up because I really like that fucking Chinese guy that was just rubbing in his face. He was like, oh, Mr. President. He's like, oh, yeah. is he still president? Uh, I can't get over how funny that was. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, yeah. well, that's the movie, and we have a couple uh, couple voicemails, starting with Bobby. Yeah, Aaron, I just wanted to no, say the uh, the material that Get Well Soon Balloons is made of is called Mylar. They're called Mylar Balloons. Well, I mean, the material some kind of name I can't remember. Mylar is the brand name. It's kind of like a Band-Aid situation. But uh, fun fact, it's also what's used to wrap Pop-Tarts. So uh, we're going to the moon with Pop-Tarts. Awesome. I mean, have you ever been? We are never going to the fucking moon. This is retarded. Josh, you're retarded. Oh, the fuck you out. No, I, I, the, the, um, I mean, have you ever been able to rip a pop tart package before? It's it's uh, resilient. Also, I didn't realize Mar- Mylar was Nigh also used impossible. for that. Like, I'm familiar with Mylar bags but for you know little electronics packaging, but um, and it realize it's also used for balloons and pop tarts. That's cool. Like caller thinks Josh is retarded. I, I like that. <laughs> And then the next one. Hello? <clears throat> 4.33 in the morning. 4.33. Colon, zero, zero. <laughs> this cashew honey. I want to know one thing here. Who the fuck is this finger-popping moron retard? Would someone please call his fucking doctor... And tell him to refill his fucking lithium. <laughs> Hi. I think it was uh, Adderall, cashew honey. But I agree. I, know I think he could benefit from a little bit of lithium in his diet. I, I, I like that we have a uh, beef between the two schizos that call the show. Uh, now <laughs> arguing between each other. But currently... I want to say Cashioni is winning because he's the first one to have a succinct, at least a succinct voicemail that didn't last for like 
37 minutes of rehashing <laughs> old jokes he said on his previous voicemail, so... It was three minutes, come on, to give the other guy it's a break. It's the same thing. Three-minute voicemail is insane. Well, y- yes. So, congratulations, well, Cashier hey. Honey. Thank you for... For that voicemail, Being I like top that schizo. one. I'm, yeah. I'm just excited. I'm just excited that Cashyhoney <laughs> actually listens to the very end of the show and like listens through the voicemails and all of that because it, like you know some of the previous ones it, he could have just found the random number. We don't even know that he was a real listener. Now we know he's he's a, a dedicated uh, top fan. <laughs> no, currently in number one position. I can't believe you even doubted Cashew. Yeah. Oh my God, Josh! He's not even That's a fan. He's a part owner. Oh, excuse me. Ten percent. Okay, Oma. Top equity fan. <laughs> he gets a producer and that's credit. That's the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next week. Whatever, fuck this shit. I have a PlayStation raincoat. You've got mail. What the fuck? Don't tell me you don't like my show.